everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 44. That smurfed up. La 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 la. It's Gargamel. Come as real. Recorded January 10th, 2013, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Episode number 44 of the Periodic Table, the Ruthenium episode. Ruthenium is a hard white metal that does not tarnish at room temperatures, but oxidizes in air at about 800 degrees centigrade. The metal is not attacked by hot or cold acids, or aqua regia, I don't even know what that means, but when potassium chlorate is added to the solution, it oxidizes explosively. I like stuff that explodes. Aqua regia is a solution that dissolves gold. Ah. So, uh... If I remember my chemistry right. I don't know what aqua regia is, but, uh, okay. So there you go, Ruthenium. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm eating some pistachios. They're loud, I hear. No, I hear they're loud. They're the best pistachios I've ever had. They come from Costco, free plug. Costco, if you'd like to support elementop.com, you can do that. (laughs) And I'm having feedback, Jim says. Yes, I forgot to mute you. How's that? Is that better? Yes, you're fine now. Okay. Uh, anyway, they are um, come from Costco. They come in a giant bag, and they're like, they're salt and cracked pepper. So you've ever had like salt and pepper chips before? It's a similar similar kind of flavor. Um, so they're not just plain pistachios. Man, they are so good. So good. I mean, they are really, really good. So do you like them? Uh, they're all right. So we've, uh, it's been like almost a month. I think we've done the show this entire year. I think it was J- December 20th. Sounds right. Somewhere around there. Since we last did a show, we may not even have done that show. Maybe we started to, and then we didn't, but it's been a while. We've had some, uh, some people sick, some schedules, the whole holiday thing. And then, you know, just not really feeling like doing it. So you add all those together. And it's been a while, but we're glad to be back. It is, in fact, the year 2013, in case you haven't gotten the new office calendar uh, for Christmas. It is now 2013. We made it. The Mayans were wrong. We did not die. I knew they were wrong. Um, I knew they were going to be wrong. I really did. It's easy to say that now. Did you see the the meme that floated around for a while with the the Mayan calendar, the Aztec calendar, and the Oreo? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. First time I saw that, I just cracked it. So they'll have to come up with some other doomsday thing for next New Year's. They always do. Remember Y2K? The Russians were all going to launch their nukes because it turned to year 2000. In the year 3000. You know what happened in the year 2000? Nothing. Not a thing. Uh, My aunt's cousin's neighbor's VCR quit working. (laughs) Well, uh, Apple had some issues with the date this year. They, uh, had a much touted in fact they're running um television commercials about it uh do not disturb feature in the latest version of ios where you uh put it on do not disturb and it doesn't make any noises except for people you've deemed as important can still call you uh and it got stuck for a week because apparently they were using a flawed numbering system that is known to be flawed everybody else who uses it fixes it but they didn't so that was that was what the Mayans were predicting. Whoops. Yeah. Did uh, let's see. We we haven't been together since Christmas. Aaron, did you have uh, a uh, wonderful and uh, and family filled Christmas? We did. This is the first Christmas we ever spent alone, in the sense that when we lived in Texas, we always drove to my family's or her family's. Her being my wife's family's. And then once we moved to Georgia, it's now six Christmases ago, we decided, you know, our son was, that was his, it was his first Christmas that he was uh, one year, one that he was one and a half at Christmas, the first Christmas we were here. And we decided we wanted to be here on Christmas morning every year. So every year we either drove back in on Christmas Eve or left Christmas Day after opening presents and that kind of thing. But this year we went to Texas during Thanksgiving. So this was our very first year to ever actually be here for the entire Christmas holiday, and I have to say I enjoyed it. 
Um, good. I'm glad that you <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh, I was listening to some people um, after Christmas talking about their family drama. You know, my my brother-in-law's wife was there, and and she, well, I guess my brother-in-law's wife would be my sister or something like that. You know, they, they all had these stories about somebody being belligerent or somebody getting mad about something. I said, you know what? We, we've all been duped into thinking that Christmas is about uh, family and togetherness and, and snow on the ground and presents. Was really, it's about family drama and arguments and, and people not getting along. That's, the, that's what Christmas is really about. Unfortunately for a lot of families, it is. I'm On my side of the family, we pretty much don't have that, um, which is great, which is probably why I don't do much drama. Cheryl's side of the family has a little bit of it, but, but not bad. Um, so our, we don't, we usually don't have the, the television drama, you know, like the television show type drama around the holidays. Like you always see on, on the television shows. We don't, we don't have that, which is great. I often say that anytime my family gets together, it's an episode of cops waiting to happen. Um, but our first story is, uh, a little late, but it's in the spirit of the season. A naked German man was rescued from a chimney in Berlin. <laughs> hmm. That's right. We're jumping right into the nakedness. First story of the night. Um, First show title of the night. There you go. Jumping right into the nakedness. Um, a German fireman rescued a naked man trapped in a narrow chimney in central Berlin. Uh, the fire brigade was alerted to the emergency after the police failed to help failed to help a 39 year old man who was wedged 10 yards down into the shoulder width chimney and then they had some specialized workers um who specialized in saving people at great heights they tried to pull him out from above with a crane and a sling but that didn't work and uh then they managed to cut a hole into the second floor and get him out they said he suffered exposure as he was in the cold chimney for who knows how long. They were um, uh, trying to get him out for a while. Uh, 30 police officers, excuse me, 30 firemen and 10 police officers uh, worked on him. And they don't know how long he'd been there before they knew about him. But uh, he apparently was on the roof for whatever reason and fell into the chimney and got stuck. Um, okay, so it wasn't a, um, it wasn't an attempted santa joke or a thief it was a literally an accident right he was not wearing a red suit or carrying a large bag no uh no sinterklaasen or what's it the krampus that's that's in that no, that's not germany that's scandinavia maybe anyway uh, so i just thought we'd start off with a little um post-holiday nakedness because that's kind of the way we do things and naturally, the best way to follow up a naked man in the chimney is with real-life Oompa Loompas. Because why wouldn't oh, that's you? that's funny. <laughs> uh, detectives uh, in Norwich. Norwich is in England, right? Or, or Scotland? I don't remember. Um, I don't know. It's not, in the, it's not in America. Two Oompa Loompas viciously attacked a man outside of a shop reports the guardian uh, they were accompanied by a man and a woman who were not wearing costumes fancy dress, <laughs> fancy dress as they say uh, quote police are seeking a group of four people two of whom were dressed as oompa loompas who attacked a male on a night out uh, two of the men dressed as oompa loompas uh, were painted orange faces and dyed green hair and wearing hooped tops um, they pushed the victim to the floor and hit him on the head, and he fell to the floor again. No no evidence of why they attacked him or what it was all about. Uh, the, the 28-year-old man, unnamed victim, he, has cuts on his nose He the gobstopper face. without permission. That's right. He, ter- he was turning into a giant blueberry, and that was the way to squeeze the juice out of him. Punch him in the nose. That show scared me so bad as a kid. <laughs> Have you I seen thought- the newest one with, with Johnny Depp? That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I was just so afraid always that the that the kids really were going to die. When I was a young kid, I was like, "She got sucked up that tunnel. She's going to die, and they're going to float up with the bubbles and get chopped." I mean, I was really afraid. 
Yeah, I, I tried to watch it with my kids, and they uh, it was too intense for them. They couldn't handle it. Particularly the scene uh, where they get on the boat, and and Gene Gene Hackman goes into not Gene Hackman. What's his name? Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Gene Hackman was in Superman. Gene Wilder goes into this uh, random f- frenetic recitation of poetry on the boat. Um, that part creeps them out. It is creepy. In fact, I read a thing about it. he was he was going for that. He was going for making that scene, making you wonder whether um, Charlie, but, I mean yeah. Willy Wonka, is is. Uh, holding on to his sanity or not. So anyway, so the next thing, the naturally, if you're going to follow up Oopa Loopas, <laughs> you have to do it with Smurfs. <laughs> they, go, they go together. I mean, yeah. What, what is it? What? Uh, this was just a weird week. I mean, 2013 is starting out to be the week of violent uh, real life cartoon characters. Um, you know, before you know it, some, some, uh, some coyote will be dropping an anvil on somebody's head. <laughs> so this is uh, um, in Greenvale, Australia. Uh, four is, men. That, is that Greenville or is that Greenville and you live in Sulphur Springs? G-R-E-N-V-A-L-E, Greenvale. Greenvale, uh, Greenville, two, North Carolina. Two 19-year-old Broad Meadows men and a 19-year-old Greenvale man and an 18-year-old Jacana man all handed themselves into the police this afternoon uh, where they were expected to be charged on summons with assault-related offenses. Earlier in the day, police say they were on a hunt for Papa Smurf and three of his compatriots after a 37-year-old man was assaulted near a convenience store in Pasco Vale. That smurfed up, man. <laughs> that was a smurfing good time uh, last month. Investigators said they were yet to determine the exact circumstances surrounding the alleged attack, because you got to say alleged. But there's yeah. video, there's CCTV video of three guys, four guys, dressed as Smurfs, uh, punching a dude out. I got to watch it. Hey, you do. You do have to. I, I've uh, uh, Certainly the notes will be... Uh, the link will be in the show notes. So uh, no explanation of why they were dressed like Smurfs. Perhaps it was a New Year's thing, but it wasn't wasn't around New Year's time. I don't know. It said the, the, the alleged victim purchased cigarettes from a convenience store. Um, and upon leaving the store, he was approached by one of the Smurfs who asked for a cigarette. The police then say the man offered the cigarette, but the Smurf demanded that it be lighted. Before he handed it over, mm. a demand the man refused. So they beat the crap out of him. They smurfed the it. crap out of him, or beat the smurf out of him. They smurfed the smurf out of him. They smurfed him up. <laughs> That's right. They smurfed him up good. The video it doesn't show them attacking; it just shows them at the uh, counter buying whatever. And 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 Papa Smurf, he's got a little paunch on him. Papa Smurf needs to hit the gym. You can tell Papa Smurf's been hitting the Smurf berries just a little too much. He's he needs to to Smurf out a little more. Um, but the good news is there's no evidence that they sang their annoying song. Because I would rather be beat up than have them sing. And my motion sensor light went off, so I'm waving at it. Those of you watching the video, hey Mark. And then, and the, and so this next one I thought went really well. With the uh, Smurfs, because, you know, who's the uh, sworn enemy of the Smurf but a cat? The headline of this. I thought it was Gargamel. Yeah, but Gargamel has the cat. What was his cat's name? I don't remember. Gargamel's cat. Uh, In the movie, I'm sorry that I had to watch the movie more than once, in fact. The, the, The Gargamel always throws the cat into dangerous situations and says, Are you dead? And, you know. Azrael. Azrael. There we go. Which means God will help in, in Hebrew. Okay. Interesting that you knew that. It was in the, in the, the oh, blurb on you Google. You Googled it. Gotcha. Where's the chat room tonight? You guys are awfully quiet. What's going on out there? So anyway, um, the headline of this story made me laugh. Cat 
arrested in prison. I'm not really sure I even need to read any more of the story than that. Cat arrested in prison pretty much covers it. But I will anyway. Prison guards in Brazil have arrested a cat. I'm not really sure how that works. But they've arrested a cat for attempting to (laughs) smuggle contraband goods in for the inmates. The white cat was apprehended. I think they just picked it up by the scruff of the neck. Uh, crossing, Big the, cat, though. <laughs> crossing the main prison gate in uh, Araparaca City, anyway, um, in Alagosa, Alagoas State. Wow, I really stink at this. Um, it had items including drill bits, files, earphones, mobile phones, and a charger fastened to its body with tape. Officials said these items could be used to effect a means of escape or for communicating with the criminals on the outside. Do you think a phone might be able to be used for communication? Oh, Mark, please, may I please read the last sentence? Please, please do. A prison spokesman, spokesperson was quoted by a local paper as saying, it's tough to find out who's responsible for the action as the cat doesn't speak. <laughs> That's good reporting right there. They, oh, I'm glad to clarify that. At least they didn't have to cover the fact that he had the right to remain silent. Right. Because he's a cat. How do you arrest a cat? You can pick up a cat. You can maybe incarcerate a cat, but I'm not sure arresting is the right word. Maybe that uh, was just a lost in translation thing. And what do you, what do they call it if they, like when my dogs got picked up by the uh, animal control one time, that would be the, would be apprehending? No. There's a word for it. It's not confiscating. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So, Aaron, have you seen the uh, classic historical documentary Waterboy? I have. I've seen Waterboy. Why? <laughs> what is it that makes alligators so mean? Well, it's, the teacher said it's this medulla oblongata, but there is wrong. It's, he's mad because he's got all them teeth and no toothbrushes. Yeah, Mama said alligators are so mean because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Well... A man in San Francisco, California, have California, uh, yeah, has discovered a way to put that uh, no toothbrush anger to use. He has an alligator, an alligator-like reptile. It says so. It might have been a Nile a crocodile or something like it. Came in, okay. Yeah, it's a caiman. An alligator-like reptile called Mister Teeth, who he used uh, uh, who used to uh, uh, protect his staff of marijuana when the alameda county sheriff deputies entered the home they found 34 pounds of marijuana valued at an estimated one hundred thousand dollars but a five foot long cayman alligator cayman is it an alligator or crocodile i can't remember it's Uh, a crocodilian yeah inside a plexiglass tank uh guarding it so so he had a tank with the crocodile alligator crocodilian alligator reptile with the lizard it's a cane and a bunch of money. So yeah, I've I had a pet store in the town I used to live in that sold caimans. They they started very small, but they get fairly large. Um, yep. The, they have it. They have very elongated snouts. Yes. The officer said we get guard dogs all the time when we search for grow houses and people stashing away all types of dope. But alligators, you don't see that every day. Um. The, the, the reptile's owner was arrested and later charged with one count of possessing marijuana. Now, apparently, uh, he was not charged with a count of possessing a giant lizard. <laughs> Mayor, uh, let's see, the deputies got the creature to... That's funny. He got the the animal to commemorate rapper Tupac Secure's 1990 Shakur's 1996 death. A rapper died. Let me go get an alligator. I don't. I don't follow that. That's my standard response to any death. I mean, (laughs) and the more famous they are, the more exotic the reptile I get. Yeah, I've got. uh, You know. Last week when my dog died, I replaced him with a python. I, I don't I don't get that. When a famous rapper died, so I got an alligator. 
the uh, Oakland Zoo <laughs> uh, says that the animal died Wednesday after it was seized by animal control officers. It was very sick when it arrived at the zoo, they said. Um, came in with a poor prognosis and was unresponsive when he arrived. He passed this away. This just goes to show you that drugs are bad for you. At that least if you're an alligator. So, uh, the, uh, what, what I wonder is if he was healthy before the animal control officers got there or right. not. But anyway, so there you go. The, the new version of the junkyard dog is the marijuana house alligator. It doesn't really, the song doesn't work though. <laughs> try, try it. Neither then drugstore alligator. It just doesn't have the it's same. It's not the same. Uh, uh, so I, I liked a couple of, uh, animals in a row there, a row in a row in a, in series. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this next one is about a cheetah. Not really cheetah named Chester. Not really. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Dumb criminals, right? We had, um, a while back, a man who robbed a liquor store and a, and a trail of drunk, uh, of empty beer cans led them, uh, yep. To, to his house. Well, this is in Cassatt, South Carolina. Uh, Kershaw County deputies say Cheetos led them to a burglary, burglary suspect. Officers took 19-year-old Austin Lee Westfall. We've got all... Oh, wait. We've, he's got four names. So he's a wow. serial killer presidential assassin. Austin he's Lee both. Westfall Pressler into custody, charging him with second-degree burglary. On January 6th, um, he broke into... A convenience store broke the glass, um, and while he was there, he took some uh, beer, some cigarette, some snacks, and some energy drinks, and decided to open and munch on some Cheetos on his way home. So the He's police, that gamer, <laughs> the police. That's <laughs> funny. He was he was up all night playing Gears of War, and he had to have some uh, pick me ups. So uh, the police literally followed. Uh, Cheetos covered footprints because he had spilled some on the floor to his house where they found Cheetos in his house or on his porch rather. Then they knocked on the door and he was sitting in his living room with all the stolen stuff. Dum da dum dum dum. Yeah. Yeah. Austin Lee, a man barely alive. (laughs) We can rebuild him. Oh, he needs a brain, a bionic brain implant. Um, Uh, this next one is. I should have stuck it in there with the animal rotation. I I, I missed. We miss, can go back. Let's, let's circle back around. Yeah, we'll, we'll. And then we finish the alligator story. <laughs> alligator. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, in um, in the UK. Trying to look at where it was, Lib Libdem County. No, that's not right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I get lost in these stories sometimes. Uh, a, a call came in Watford for, Town for a rescued uh, for a rescue three fire engines were dispatched for this rescue so clearly this must have been a big deal right this is serious um, when they got there the problem was that a squirrel had fallen into a uh, small reservoir of water and was swimming around. <laughs> and so three fire engines, uh, a, a total of about uh, 20 people were there trying to rescue the squirrel from the little clump of dirt he had clung to in the reservoir. And when people complained about it, basically the way it goes is the call came in and it was either miss. Um, communicated or misunderstood that it was a human in danger. So they dispatched three uh, uh, engines for, they were told that a human was drowning. And when they got there, they figured, well, we're here. We might as well see what we can do with the squirrel. So they strung out a ladder between the, the, the bank of the reservoir and the little clump of earth he was on. Squirrel tried to climb across, uh, crawl across the ladder, fell in, and then swam back to his little 
island and they don't know no indication of whether or not he was ever saved or if he's still a castaway with the professor and marianne well my my thought was is even if it was a person in the water why do you need three fire engines (laughs) to get one person out of the water i don't you'd think a half a dozen people are having you're on one engine would be plenty i don't know you think they'd do it uh, a spokesman for the Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue said, the first call received about this indicated there were people in the water. Had it been made clear to us during the first 999, their version of 911 call, that no one was in the water, we would have left the, left the squirrel to the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. In other words, we wouldn't have cared. But since we were there anyway, we decided we'd go ahead and waste some t- taxpayer money. Since we're talking about animals, Mark, uh, this, this story just makes me laugh. The title. I just got to read the title. Shaved Labradoodle Sparks Lion Scare. I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> I saw that one. I just, I thought we could work from it, but did Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you have a second to, to go watch the video on it, it's really remarkable <laughs> how much it looks like the guy straight out of Wizard of Oz. That's what it looks like. Put him up. A man Put shaved his up. dog. <laughs> shaved a man. Shaved his. A man shaved his dog to make it look like a lion. Uh, this is up in Norfolk, Virginia. Nine one one calls came in because of a fearsome jungle cat wandering the streets. <laughs> well, the police checked with the zoo, made sure there was nothing there, and and then they turned out the bit. The big. The big cat was a local celebrity canine, Charles the Monarch. Uh. Mr. Painter said his pet dog, who has more than 2,000 friends on Facebook, is often mistaken for a lion thanks to his furry mane. I tell people he's a lab lion, and half the people believe that. <laughs> As Jim says in the chat room, he's a college mascot, which is why oh. he has 2,000 Facebook fans. That makes sense. He's a lab lion, I tell you, a lab lion. <laughs> so, Aaron, are you a consumer of, of news and television news? I choose, I've made the conscious decision to only get my news from the periodic table. Wow, that's a mistake. Um, so I don't watch the news. I don't, uh, I don't read the paper. I close my eyes in the elevator because they have that little screen that has information up in the corner. Um, and that's it. I only get my news from here. I used to be a real news hound. Uh, read, read blogs and watched television, and it was just a big big news hound and then it, it occurred to me one day i'm a little slow sometimes uh it occurred to me after a years of of this behavior that there's no actual news in news there's nothing new particularly on something like cnn where it's a 24-hour cycle but they have a 10-minute loop you're going to see the same thing every 10 minutes and it's so there's nothing new about the news at all and so it's it's been a, a concern for a while for for major news outlets to to try to spice things up and find a way to get new viewers well uh, a a 24-hour news channel in sweden figured it out let's put some porn in the background what is it with television people and porn with this is like the fourth story we've had about this um crazy world out there so during a sober discussion uh, about russia's support for the for syria on TV4 News, uh, somebody noticed that in one of the monitors, because there's always, you know, it's this command center background, and there's always people walking back and forth, and and lots and lots of TV monitors, and it, generally they're they're out of focus and a little, little uh, blurry, and you can't quite see what's going on. Well, front and center on one of these monitor background monitors were people having sex. Daniel uh, Eck, a 23-year-old student, was watching at the time, uh, and he told the local uh, news. At first, I realized I was looking at a naked woman, and it quickly became clear that she was having sex. didn't take long before I realized it was a porn film. Image wasn't exactly in focus, but it wasn't hard to figure out what was going on. The the porn lasted for over 10 minutes of on-air time before wow. somebody figured it out and pulled the plug the, the thing my question is is uh, why what how did it happen i mean that's what i want to know was some some junior intern bored and just 
that was his desk and he pulled up some triple X rated video and started watching it? Or was it a prank or I, I mean, I'm just curious what, how it actually ended up happening. Well, you know, I've always postulated that those monitors in the background are just per- strictly there for production value. And they're, right. you know, they're always at a TV station, right? So they've got a feed of, you know, everything that's going on. The other t- And I think they just like maybe throw in random recordings or, or, or click on whatever uh, just to have some motion back there to make it look important. And so this guy, you know, maybe in Sweden, it's not, uh, they broadcast porn on the over the airways. I don't know. Uh, but he either just picked a channel or, or threw in a, a tape of, you know, not paying attention to what it was. Just, hey, we got to have something on monitor number six. So he threw something in and walked away. <laughs> and 10 minutes later, <laughs> realized that what he'd done. Or maybe 10 minutes was how long it took for him to finish what he was doing, if you know what I mean. You've muted yourself, Aaron. Thank you. Did I tell you the other day about the about the story where the guy stormed out of the radio station and said he'd left uh, a president for him? <laughs> no. So I heard this on, on talk radio, uh, morning radio show. The the guy was saying it was his favorite story. He was a, he himself was a new uh, radio personality, and one of the the more senior guys had gotten crossways with the producers and what have you, and gotten fired. And so this is 15 years ago, and as the guy storming out, he tells them, I left you a present on one of your cartridges, on one of your carts, what they called them. So this was back when everything was recorded on a cartridge, almost like an eight-track. And that's how every promo, every commercial, every segment, that's how it was recorded. And they popped these cartridges in and played them. Still how they do it. Well, well, everything now is digital. Right, but they're still carts. They use digital they call them carts. They're just oh, do they? packages okay. they load up. Anyway. Man, man, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but the, this guy, uh, in the store, he intimated that, I have that years of experience in the TV industry. No, I doubt. Okay. And this is radio. And so um, <clears throat> so he being one of the, the, new, the newbies. radio industry. The, he and like three or four other guys had to listen to a thousand hours of tape. Because there was literally a wall, a bank, a whole uh, wall of all these things. So they listened to every one of them, and they never found the, the threat. And so um, like two weeks later, he's driving home from, from work like in the early afternoon because he was a morning show guy, and he hears, Doop! this is an emergency broadcast system. And, he, and as soon as he heard that, he said, I realized we keep those in a separate drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and where normally you'd hear, in the event of emergency, this will be followed by, he heard, blankety blank you, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, boo, that was a test of the emergency broadcast system. He, 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 and he, of course, he said it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. But um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the funny part to me was how as soon as he heard it, you know, it's like, <gasps> you know, just the instant recognition of, oh, no, almost that, that slow motion thing of, you know, no. <laughs> when you're trying to pause the button only it was the the thing where it just popped into his head and uh see that's uh, a that's a doubly up. great prank because not only did you do that but you made them waste a thousand hours of listening to tape right so yeah. it's perfect oh. oh that was so funny uh, and then i realized like keep, we keep those in a separate drawer <laughs> Under the desk in a file cabinet in a room that says, here be lions. Anyway. Uh, so the, this next one comes from Florida. We had to have a little Florida in the show. Oh, I, was, I was feeling Florida, Florida light. <laughs> and so uh, our, our friend, Will Greenley, uh, he, he had a different uh, title, but I think the perfect title to the show is the quote from the main protagonist. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, Brenda. I, I would have said it differently, Mark. I would have said, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> Brenda Schumann, 51 year old uh, woman, um, walked into the bedroom where her 42 year old husband was having sex with his 33 year old girlfriend. Understandably, she was upset. So she did what anybody would do. She went and got a gun and pointed it at him. And uh, threatening to kill them both, according to the uh, reports. The husband got the gun away, but that didn't stop Schumann's apparent rampage. 
<laughs> she urinated on the carpet outside the master bedroom, defecated on the kitchen floor, then grabbed a second rifle because naturally you got to take care of business before you take care of business. Um, and then headed back out to try to do more damage because, I mean, they're in Florida, right? So they keep rifles all over the place. So um, <laughs> then, then there was another scuffle. And she took off. The police showed up at her house. And the best quote of the article, she says, I found him in bed with a naked chick. What was I supposed to do? That was her defense. Because, <laughs> you know, pointing a gun at somebody and then defecating on the kitchen floor is the logical, natural, reasonable reaction to finding your a husband from whom you're getting a divorce, by the way. This isn't a surprise to right. them. They've been separated. Yes. They were not living in the house. She no longer lived there. She walked into the house where she no longer lives, where her husband, who has been estranged from her for a while, was there with his long-term girlfriend, pointed a gun, and then took a dump. Well, you know... Sometimes you just gotta, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, a certain twisted treasure, a pleasure watching you try to extract some reason or something to say. I, out of I, that. I don't even know. I'm just, what do you say about that? I mean, what do you, the lady, the lady pooped, the lady pooped in the kitchen. What was I, mean, I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know. Any one of a million things, perhaps. Um, she eventually left the second rifle in the d dining room and evacuated. So the police show up at her house because obviously she's well known. It's not a question of who did this. Uh, she showed up at the house before they said anything. She met them outside and said, I found him in bed with a naked chick. What was I supposed to do? You know, why not go ahead and fess up to it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotta love Florida. This show would be nothing without Florida. But it's not only in Florida where shenanigans take place. We're, we're going back across the coast to, uh, to California once again, where a teenage girl, frustrated, fed up with her parents' curfew, internet curfew. They had a rule that at 10 p.m. there was no internet. And apparently they had maybe some sort of uh, um, technological block in place that cut off the internet at 10 p.m. Well, on December 28th, she decided she would take care of this and get a little extra time. So she slipped her parents a Mickey. She came out of the kitchen with, um, with a couple of milkshakes and said, hi, mom and dad, would you like a milkshake? Now, if that, if one of my kids did that, I would be immediately suspicious because teenage kids just don't do things for the fun of it. Uh, they said they in, they took the milkshake and they drank them. They had a an odd taste and a, and a gritty texture. Huh. And a few hours later, they woke up. The parents eventually went to uh, uh, the local police station and bought a drug kit and ran it on the, the uh, milkshake where they found that it was positive for uh, barbiturates of some sort. Parents believe their daughter and her friend worked together to crush up the sedative and slip it into the milkshakes. Investigators found that the girl was fed up with how her parents would cut off internet access by 10 p.m. every night. How and dare they? Drugging her parents. Investigators concluded they could use the internet as long as they wanted. Mark, what was she supposed to do? <laughs> Presented with parents that were unreasonable. That's the only course right. of action. The neighbors recently put a password on their Wi-Fi. She had no other choice. Drugging them was clearly the only thing they could do. Says the case is being handled in juvenile court, but if these were comparable adult charges, it would be a felony. Wow. So kids, don't drug your parents. There's, there's no Facebooking that, you, that is so important that you could end up in prison over it. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I find that most crimes that people commit isn't worth it. <laughs> like a pack of cigarettes, some snacks, and some Red Bull. You know, right. <laughs> a bag of Cheetos. 
Uh, you know, those kind of things. Dressing I mean, up choking like a, a goat. I mean, <laughs> dressing up like an Oompa Loompa and beating people up. It's just not worth it. Uh, so our last story of the night is not so much the weird news, but it's just the, the weird, huh? News. I think um, I might've submitted this story. You Mark. did. You wow, finally, really? after months submitted one story to the show. I've submitted at least three stories over the last 44 episodes. <laughs> Maybe. I think you're being generous. Um, so hey, I've had two tonight. I brought the lion dog up. That's true. You did. You, woo. You, you left to hang out. You I'm gone. Alone. That is not minimized folks. That is not minimized. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Danger Will Robinson. A fellow by the name of Alan Morgan. It's bad. It's an Englishman. Um, who uh, had a stroke. He's uh, 81 years old. He's an Englishman who grew up speaking English, but he did live in Wales uh, for a while when he was a child during World War II. He lived there for a few months. Well, when uh, he recovered or woke up from the stroke, he spoke only Welsh and not English. Fluently. And not, I mean, that was all he could speak. His wife is Welsh and speaks Welsh, so he woke up from his uh, brief coma, began speaking to her in Welsh. She responded back and said, did you know you're speaking Welsh? And he basically said, no, I'm not. Uh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. And a Monty Python skit broke out. <laughs> that makes me, I was asking, uh, I was asking somebody, who was I asking? Uh, you might have been there, Mark. Where, where was, where was I at? I'm suddenly lost my brain. Somebody had had, had, had hit, oh, it was a coworker. She had hit her head and lost her memory. She had amnesia for a couple of days. So then yep. my question was, could you remember not being able to remember who you are? I, I do remember that. And she, her response was, it's all kind of conf- hazy. I just remember being really confused. Uh, make sure you meet me in the hangout, Mark. Ah, yes. So, uh, yeah, done. we're good. So <clears throat> it says uh, a couple of months passed and he began to regain English and lose Welsh. And now he's almost completely forgotten Welsh again and speaks English again. He said he, the last time he spoke the language was over 70 years ago. He was 11. Wow. And he was only there for a couple of months. But I suspect there's more to it than that. He, if his wife is Welsh, she probably speaks to her family in Welsh. So he's probably heard it on the phone and around. So it's there. It's been in his brain all this time. Uh, he just didn't uh, make the connection until the head trauma. Yeah, they say that, you know, barring some kind of trauma, that everything you ever hear or see, you remember. It's there somewhere. You just can't recall it. And so it was there. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've heard similar stories before, uh, people waking up and speaking French and things like that. Uh, one of the more bizarre ones was uh, a guy I saw a TV show about that got hit in the head. And then after he was hit in the head, he, uh, he had some speech issues like he, he would stumble over certain words, kind of like a stroke victim sometimes you know, struggles to come up with certain words. But he could tell you any day of the week, he could tell you what, he could tell you what day of the week any date was. Right. From the time he was born until he had the accident. Which is actually fairly simple math. It's a fairly simple algorithm that, you know, his brain just sort of came up with apparently. Yeah, but it's, it's an unusual to be able to do it instantly. Right. Like if I say March 8th, 1984, even if you have a formula to figure it out, being able to go Tuesday, <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't do the math that quick consciously. And, uh, and so that was the thing. And it was, he could also tell you the weather on that day. It was raining. <laughs> it, was, it was like the oddest combination of things. I had tea. It was bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is not a weird story. Well, not, not in the same, not, a, it's not Florida weird. Um, but aphasia or the, uh, confusing or, or, uh, or difficulty with language is common with strokes. Uh, yep. my, my grandfather, when he was, uh, 70 ish had a stroke and for about two months could only swear. He didn't have any other words in his vocabulary, but the naval language he picked yeah. up when he was in the, in the war. 
Um, he could curse. He could swear. He could say anything as long as there was a four-letter word in it. He could say any sentence as long as it was offensive and repulsive, but he couldn't speak otherwise. Yeah, my, my wife's grandmother had a stroke, and she would get frustrated. She would say, well, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, trying to remember one of her son's name or grandkids' right. name, she'd, and, you know, uh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> that was her go-to, fiddlesticks. That was, okay, I've given up. I'm not yeah. going to try to remember Bob. Fiddlesticks. So it's just an interesting little rewiring. If we could figure out how to do that on purpose and to intentionally rewire sections of the brain, we'd be able to do all sorts of neat stuff. It, it would be. It would be very nifty. They don't call you him can. the best color man in the business for nothing. It would, it would be very um, – I picked up a Lego and got distracted. <laughs> Something shiny. Squirrel! Uh, so that's it. That's our show for this week, folks. A little on the short side, but what do you Let expect? Go. We've been on vacation for a while. When you come back from vacation, do you put in a full day of work? No. You know, nobody ever does. Um, so if you, uh, I would appreciate it if you would help me out by sending me some stories so I don't have to do all this research on my own. And the place that you can do that is over at elementop.com. If you're checking us out uh, on YouTube because this is recorded and saved and you've never been to elementop.com, let me tell you what you can find there. You can find this podcast. You can find other podcasts that are at least as long as this one. <laughs> not longer. If not longer. Um, I do at present. Like quantity, not quality here. <laughs> that's right. It's all about raw volume. Hours and hours of audio. Uh, at present, we do five shows. I think it is maybe four. I can't even keep track of them now. Um, and we, I record at a at a ridiculous pace, uh, and I'm constantly editing one show and recording another one. I'm actually editing a show right now while I'm recording. Not really. Um, and and so, go there, check stuff out. We have a wide range of topics, and uh, if you're so inclined as to contact us and let your voice be heard figuratively or literally, you can use the contact us button at the top of the page. Send me an email, send me a link to a show note. Uh, my direct mail, if you want to do it that way is mark at elementop.com. You can just send me a mail, uh, send me a link to something and, and I will check it out. Thanks to those, those of you who have done. So some of you did over our break. And then when we didn't come back for almost a month, you gave up on me. Sorry about that. It's okay now. We're back. Um, it was holidays. It was. We were we were on holiday. <laughs> we were vacationing. We were vacant for a while. Uh, so, also there, there's a tip jar if you if you just want to throw some money our way, because Aaron needs money. I do. Yeah. I need money. <laughs> you can you can do that there. Uh, or if you're out shopping around on the internet and you decided to buy something from Amazon, I would appreciate it. If you went to elementopi.com slash Amazon, you get the same Amazon experience. You don't pay any more, but I get a little referral fee, and that would be helpful. So that's all my plugs, Aaron. Have you got any anything you would like to plug? I have two plugs. One, onemealandworkout.com. That's the website for the podcast that I host, as well as I do a little blogging there, very little, but a little bit. And the second one is, if you are interested in supporting the American Cancer Society, I'm raising money. Uh, for the American Cancer Society by having people sponsor me to run a marathon. An entire marathon, not half a marathon, not three quarters of a marathon, but an entire marathon. 26.2 miles on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm asking people to sponsor me for that. And if you want to know more about that and why to do that and how to do that and, and all those kind of things, the money, none of the money goes to me. It all goes directly to the American Cancer Society. You can go to onemealworkout.com. Over on the right-hand side, there's a little thing that says sponsor me and says something about it and has a link there. And you click on that and you can find out all about it. It's soon to be available at a bookstore near you. One meal, one workout, the book. I am working on a book. I am. I'm very excited about it, actually. So that'll be fascinating. And uh, for people who don't know, Aaron, your story, why, why do you have a website and a podcast called One Meal, One Workout? Because uh, I was the quintessential IT guy sit at a desk, program computers for work, weigh 400 pounds, and never do anything active at all uh, two and a half years ago now, and now I'm not. And Today I ran four miles in the rain. 
You, you've lost over 150 pounds. You're training for a marathon. I would say that is a different lifestyle indeed. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing is not, not the, uh, the, the reality is, yes, it's nice to be able to go to Walmart and buy clothes now, not have to stop at short stores that have big or tall in the name. Um, but the biggest thing is just how much better I feel, how much healthier I am, and how many more things I'm able to do, how many, how many more options I have on a day-to-day basis as far as things to do with my family, my son, and just in general. Awesome. So I, I think we're going to end it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's, it's been a fun show for our first one of 2013. Join us next week for our second show of 2013. It's funny how that I saw a, out. I saw, a, like to throw one last thing. I saw a really cool alarm clock today, Mark. It's a floor mat that you put by your bed. And the only way to turn it off is to stand on it. <laughs> and it has the clock there in the floor mat right in the center of it. It looks like a doormat. And I thought that was pretty clever. If you're, the, if you're that guy or gal that just has hard, you know, hard time getting out of bed and you hit that snooze button over and over and over that might be the alarm clock for you that's funny both feet on the floor and once you're there you might as well just go ahead and might as well get up all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week or you'll see us and we'll be vaguely aware of your presence by your download numbers <laughs>